Hey everyone, this is PM Sports Talk, the father and son duo podcast. I'm your host, Preston, alongside my father, Mike, and dad. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, we had an awesome weekend of football. I'm ready to get into it. Let's go. Well, we cannot start any sports topic without thanking you guys. A big week for PM Sport Talk. A thousand subscribers. What a milestone. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad that people are liking what we're doing here. It's great. And uh, let's keep it coming. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go with this. Uh, well, can't start NFL yet, of course. We've been starting with that because we had college football playoffs yesterday. Oh, what a great day, huh? Finally, we've been waiting a month for these two games, and they didn't disappoint. I want to start out with the first game that happened yeah, last night, the Rose Bowl between Michigan and Alabama. The granddaddy. Oh, yeah. The granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena. I love that game. Growing up as a kid, I loved watching the Rose Bowl. And, wow, what a game yesterday. Michigan and Alabama. Could you ask for anything more? You couldn't. It was a great game as well. I mean, back and forth, and our predictions were pretty much right. We It was a defensive game. I, I can't remember, but I think I said 24-21 Michigan, something like that, when I predicted it. Um, it ended up being 27-20. Yeah, um, pretty much what we thought. Um more defensive than offense. There was some offense, but a lot of defense and a lot of mistakes uh, from both teams. You know, you could tell that they hadn't played football in a month. Michigan's special teams was not very good yesterday. Uh, missed what? An extra point. They had two muff punts as well. Two muff punts. The last one almost killed them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That had my heart in my throat when I saw that. I'm not sure what they're doing, why they're catching punts at the five-yard line, but they were doing it all game. I'm not sure why. Somebody Did somebody not tell that kid last night uh, there's 44 seconds left in this game? If that ball is inside the 20, do not catch it. Let it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much common sense, isn't it? I mean. My God. Uh, and then Harbaugh, for some reason, is taking two knees. Uh, it's taking two knees. Yeah. He takes the first knee, then calls the timeout just to take another knee. Like, uh, he had some questionable things in this game. Um, he usually does, but uh, I don't know what he was doing there. I mean, uh, well, from the, the get-go of this game, Michigan, um, after that muff punt there in the first quarter there, after that, they kind of took control of that game in the first half. Uh, they were up 13-7, and, you know, they were the better team by far. But then uh, they got uh, kind of cute with their play calling. They weren't. You know, I don't know what they were doing. They made some questionable play calls, and Alabama ended up getting a touchdown going ahead 14-13. Yep. Uh, well, no, they got a field goal, make it 13-10. Right. Then it was – did they uh, – was it was it 13-10 at half? And then, and then they got the ball and made it – Jace, Jace McLellan made got it, another touchdown, and then yeah. and I made it 17-13, I believe. 17-13. And then Alabama had a chance – uh, they were in Michigan territory with a chance to to go ahead mm-hmm. by a touchdown. They ended up Michigan ended up stopping them, and they, they only got a field goal to make it 20-13. And then Michigan's offense, which didn't do anything in the third quarter, finally comes up with a drive in the fourth quarter when they needed it to tie that game up. Man who stepped up on that drive, that that drive when that tied the game, I'd say 
the biggest man on that drive was Roman Wilson. He McCarthy threw a very high pass because of the tip, and McCarthy ended up it ended up tipping instead of going down. Words, it went upwards, yeah, it, it, and then yeah. Roman Wilson was able to leap into the air and make the phenomenal catch, the game-saving catch, because there are Alabama defenders there ready to make that interception. Yeah, that was a great catch by him. He makes the catch, and then, then get, gets the game-tying touchdown as well. Yep, gets the game-tying touchdown. The bigger, a big play before that was the fourth and two. Right, the quorum. Uh, Michigan way down in their, I think they're on their 29-yard line, and with. Less, little less than three minutes to go. They go for it. They pretty much had to because if if you don't, they had three timeouts. But if you don't go for it there, they're probably not getting the ball back. That's a that was a great play call on that play too. They had Corum switch sides, and then right when he did that, he had him. Um, they snapped the ball, had him leak out, and it was easy. Yeah, easy fourth down, uh, just pitch and catch there, and way he went. Yeah, great drive by Michigan. You know, then then Alabama gets the ball back with plenty of time to go, go get the tying field goal, but Michigan gets them on a three and out, and Michigan should be getting the ball back with like forty some seconds left. Um, but as we alluded to earlier, with the the punt returner for some reason catching the punt, yeah, all he had to do was let it go into the end zone, mm-hmm. uh, and they would have had the ball to twenty, and they had enough time left. They might have gotten the field goal range to win it in regulation. Who knows? But instead, he muffs the punt, makes a great recovery, uh, catches the ball at the one-yard line before he gets, ta- gets just gets hammered. I thought for sure he was going to fumble it again <laughs> or that he was going to get a safety out of it or something, and they were going to lose the game right there. But somehow he was able to recover there at the one-yard line, and you know then we go to overtime, and Michigan loses the coin toss again, and then they, they, uh, they get the ball first, and bam, Corum takes it right into the end zone on a great run, and they're up by seven, and then it's up to Alabama to try and tie it and up. That's and, what I want to talk about. Yeah. Why? It's fourth down and goal. Your season's on the line, and you're at, what, the four, three-yard line, and yeah, four yard you line. have Jalen Milrow, a quarterback draw. Yeah. Um, that was a terrible call. From what I've, from what people have said today is that that wasn't the play call. They've... Um, they think that um, it was another low snap. There had been a million low snaps in that game right. uh, from the Alabama center, which, you know, we saw that in the Auburn game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that low snap kill, almost killed them there. Right. Should have, but it didn't. Anyway, and he did it again on that play, and, it, and apparently the play was designed to go up to the left, flustered with the low snap and just drove it up the middle, and that was all she wrote. There was no room for him to go anywhere. He just dove, they just put, ran him right into the ground. Yeah, so it's a tough way for Alabama to lose, but um, it was good to see somebody else win. Uh, I, me being a Michigan fan, of course I'm rooting for Michigan, but you know, I'm just sick of Alabama. I didn't want to see them in that championship game, so I was I was happy that they didn't get there. So, but that was a, but it was a, a kind of a choppy game at the beginning, but the last you know ten minutes were really exciting and uh, that, all you could want from a college football playoff game. Absolutely. Let's move on now to the game that decided who Michigan will be facing in the championship. Texas and Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Another great game. Um, I don't know if there was as much drama in this game. I mean, there ended up being at the end. Washington was pretty much flawless this whole game. Yeah. Uh, Penix was awesome. He's a, he's a really good quarterback, but 
he was really, really good in this game. Those passes, those deep passes he was throwing were right on the money. Mm -hmm. They were throwing a lot of dimes, a lot of great passes on those deep balls. I mean, and lots of times those Texas cornerbacks, they weren't in bad position. Those were just great throws. I mean, that one long throw that he threw to Odunez. Right. Over on I the left on the left side. That was a great throw. I mean, the, the cornerback was right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have ran up there and handed it to the receiver better than what he did. Um, was phenomenal. I mean, he was great, and uh, you know they were the better team for that whole for most of that game. They got close at the end, but you know they they could have lost, but uh, you know. They were the better team, so I, I'm glad to see that they won. Ewers end up having not a terrible game, but like at the end, I mean, in the beginning, he had a very slow start uh, getting going. That's I think what killed him. I, I, I think he does that a lot. A lot of the games I've seen him play, they ran into the wrong team. So, but this team can score, and that you know, ran into the wrong team. Ewers can't do that against this team. No, so. this team's too good. That's one thing doing that against Oklahoma State, but when you do that against Washington, you know they're gonna. They had to match. They were matching them. I mean, they were going back and forth, touchdowns, and then finally, Washington, Washington stopped Texas, and then they got up two touchdowns. And you know, from there, Texas had to play catch up, and they almost did at the end. Uh, that bad break for Washington, where the guy, kid got hurt, and you know, Texas didn't have any more timeouts, so they had to stop the clock because the Washington guy got hurt. That kind of saved Texas, and then they went right down the field. You know what, they had four shots at the end zone from, what, the 12-yard line, And I think? they didn't get it. And they didn't get it, yes. They could have easily won that game right there, uh, even though they weren't the better team Washington was for most of that game. One guy who really boosted their his draft stock uh, with the pressure, he's got, he got a lot of pressure on Ewers last night. That is Mr. Braylon Trice, uh, the edge. He, he had a phenomenal yeah, game. He, he had a great game. Difference maker, uh, getting to Ewers, and... It just really was a great all-around performance for Washington. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else you could say. I, I I hadn't heard of that guy for Washington. You don't really hear much about their defense, but that one he stood out in that game. And like he's said, been great all year. Well, I guess it, I guess it's that West Coast that I, I don't get to see them very often on, or you know. So, but yeah, great game. Washington was the better team. Penix uh, starting to look like he's going to be a pretty good pro from what I saw in that game. So, uh, yeah. yeah, should be a great game next Monday, Michigan and uh, Washington. Mm -hmm. um, I think Michigan is early on is favored by four, I think. I'm sure that will change a little bit. But I think Michigan will go into that game as a slight favorite. But uh, that game can go either way. Yeah, it's gonna be a great game. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt no, about it. No, uh, I don't think we're gonna get like we had last year with TCU. You know, oh, no. didn't belong there. Not, now we're gonna have two two teams that belong. Two teams that are pretty even. So, I think we should have a good game. Uh, hopefully, no blowouts. I don't think we'll have that this year. I, I expect another nail biter in that game. It looks like the committee made the right decision to not put Florida State in there. What do you think? Yeah. Because you would have had Florida State against Michigan that first game, and that would have been an absolute train wreck. That would have been, you know, uh, thirty-five to three, probably. Yeah, I mean, it was <clears throat> Florida State. I mean, they obviously did deserve it. They were thirteen 0 but I mean, I guess the committee 
made the right decision. Like we all were questioning it, but they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, you had to. That team just wasn't, you know. And I don't feel, I kind of don't feel bad for Florida State after what they did at the Orange Bowl. You know, not none of their players coming to play, only all of them opting out, and mm-hmm. you know, eh, you know, I understand they they had some hard feelings there, but. They should have went to that Orange Bowl game and tried to win to prove that they belonged, and they didn't do that. So, you know, like you said, the committee got it right. We had the better team. Mm-hmm. Ended up with a very good game out of it. So, yeah, hats off to the committee. They got it right this year. It's time to move on to the NFL where the playoffs are just getting – or they haven't even started the playoffs yet there, but oh, we, are, we are close. We are so close. One, one week. One, one more week. To decide everything. What a big week it's going to be. There's a lot to decide, too. Well, I want to just get right into the playoff picture here. Well, there, the divisions in the AFC, two have been clinched. The AFC North and the AFC West. There's two games that matter this week. For the, There's one game that matters this week for the AFC East. That is the... Sunday night thriller between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins taking place in Miami. A lot riding on this game. You could have uh, Buffalo going for the division. You could have Buffalo out of the playoffs. Who knows? There's a lot of scenarios uh, that this go into this game. You know, Buffalo could win the division. They could lose and still make the playoffs, or they could lose and not make the playoffs. Right. All depends on the other games. Uh, there's a couple other m- games that are really important. Um, the Jacksonville game is one of them. Um, if Jacksonville loses, then I think Buffalo is automatically in, mm-hmm. which would take a little. That's the one thing about the schedule. Um, you got the two. You got the Houston and um, Colts game on Saturday, and you got the Steelers and Ravens game on Saturday. Um. The Houston Colts game, the winner is in. They're in. And the loser is probably out. So, actually, the loser is out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, that game could have been easily on Sunday night. And then you got the Steelers-Ravens game. So, if Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore, then Buffalo is automatically in the playoffs. So, that game against Miami doesn't mean as much. It's only for the division. It's not for a playoff spot. Right. So I would have liked to have seen that Steeler-Buffalo game going on at the same time. Mm. That way, you know, both teams know, hey, we got to win. Uh-huh. Buffalo Buffalo could go into that Sunday night game. They don't have to win. See what you're saying there, yeah. Buffalo, yeah, I mean, they're going to make the very playoffs good either way. Ch- yeah. But they're obviously going to play their stars because they're going to want that division. Obviously, you want the home playoff game. You don't want to be a wild card team. Yeah. But I think it takes a little bit out of the game because there's not as much on the line. Or it could you could go. It could work out this way too. What if Pittsburgh does win and Jacksonville wins? Then Buffalo knows, hey, this is a do or die game. If we lose, we're out. Yeah. So you can look at it that way too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we get that scenario where. Um, it's one of those games where Buffalo has to win to, st- to get in, which would mean that Pittsburgh won, which would be good for us. <laughs> Steelers or Jacksonville uh, fans, you're gonna want, you're probably gonna want the Steelers to lose, or you're gonna want Jacksonville to lose before that. But anyone else probably gonna want what you just said right there. 
absolutely. For the for entertainment value, for you know Sunday night football, you're going to want Pittsburgh and Jacksonville to win. That way, that game means a lot. Mm-hmm. Just like we saw last year. I mean, it was a completely different though. The Packers and Lions were the Sunday night game. The Seahawks ended up clinching the playoffs at the 425 slate, which meant which everyone was like before the game, oh, this Lions game is going to mean nothing. No, the Lions ended up eliminating the Packers anyway. Yeah, it, like, it, it can work that way too. You never know. Um, that was a great that was great to see. I mean, me and you were after the Seattle game we're going to mean, oh, the Sunday night game is going to be awful. Uh, now the Lions are probably not going to play their starters, or they're just not going to try. But they did. They did, and they eliminated Aaron Rodgers in his last year as a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, they want they want nothing more than to knock them out of the playoffs. They were like, well, if we can't make it, you're not going to make it either. And they went out there and played a phenomenal game. Yeah, you just never know in these game season ending. Sometimes these teams that are out, sometimes they go they go uh, the way where like ah, our season's over with, or they just don't. They put a lackluster out effort out there. Mm-hmm. And other times you get teams like Detroit last year where they're like, hey, we're going for broke. This is our last game. We're going to make it our best game, and we're going to knock you out. Right. So, yeah, that's great. That You could have that. Detroit, speaking of Detroit, we got some things to discuss. So we're going to stick with that game. Oh, uh, what a oh. – Well, that we know game. Detroit. They love to get gutsy. We'll stay with that Green Bay game from last year. They went for it on fourth down, and that's how they eliminated the Packers. Right here against the Cowboys, they went for two points, and this is what happened. They, Taylor Decker, the lineman, was caught the touchdown pass or two point conversion pass to take the lead after Amon Ross scored the touchdown bef- prior to that. And everyone was like, oh, the Lions are going to win. What a shocker. No. Brad Allen throws the flag or one of his crew members and says, he didn't report. He wasn't an eligible receiver. But you look at the replay, Taylor Decker goes very clearly goes up to that official, and what else would he be going up to him for besides telling him, hey, yeah. I'm going to be a receiver this play? He's not going up to him to say, how, what are you doing after the game? He's going up to tell him he's reporting, right? Yeah. That's what Lyman does. Hey, what you got going on for New Year's? No. He's, no. Try, he's trying to see, hey, I'm going to be a receiver this play. Let's just move on. And let's just not get a flag this play. <laughs> he totally, uh, I don't know what the ref was doing there. The Lions were just livid. Dan Campbell was losing his mind on the sideline. Couldn't believe what happened there. He's like, you know, he reported. He went up to you and reported. <laughs> what are you doing? And Dan Skipper, they said, the, the lineman they said reported. He, he went near the official, but he didn't go up to him. He ran, he was running to get on the field. Yeah, play linemen. The Lions were trying to be a little deceptive with it there, no doubt. But you can clearly say that the, the, when a lineman goes up to a ref, they, they go like this. They go, I'm reporting. They, they kind of like rub their number or whatever. That's what they do. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a sign. I'm reporting as a receiver on this play. And, and if you watch the replay, that's exactly what Taylor Decker does. Right. Rubs, I'm reporting. And you can see in the huddle before that, Jared Goff, Pushes him over to the ref to tell him, go report. And that's exactly what he does. And then he, he announces number 70 reported. Number 70 didn't report. Number 68 did. I thought for sure after that play, they were like, okay, we're going to kick the extra point and go to overtime. They went to two. They went for two two other times. They were like, no, these refs aren't going to ruin our game. We're going to try to go for it again. And unfortunately, they lost because of that. Yeah, they you know, that's, that's what he does. He gambles. He's mm-hmm. a gambler. 
Um, they should have won that game, though. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Dan Skipper was heated. You can see Jared Goff's interview after the game. I'm, I'm not sure if I get, if I'll get fined for this. Uh, but that was a terrible mistake. Skipper didn't report. Taylor Decker did, and it was just unfortunate. Yeah, if anybody knows, it's Goff. He's the one right there. Yeah, he's the one telling him to go report, and uh, that was just horrible. That Brad Allen, I've seen him time and time again do stuff like this. He doesn't pay attention. He's he's one of those referees that's like, hey, I'm running the game here. He's he's just got a little bit. He's a little bit uppity. I guess is a good. I don't know what word to use. You know, you think you can just tell by the way he announces. And he was caught on mic before admonishing one of his crew members. He had forgot to turn his mic off, and he's yelling at him because he wasn't doing something right. Or was too... he's one of those guys. So, and I've seen him do stuff like this before. And he's not going to admit that he screwed up at all. Well, so, speaking of Brad Allen, he's doing the Steelers game on Saturday. Oh, can't wait for that one. The NFL. I mean, let's just say this: How are you going to put a guy who everyone knows messed up? On another primetime game, on another game that matters to the playoff picture, on this game that's so crucial, and you're going to yeah. put that crew who just messed up the week prior on that game. Makes no sense. Put them on a game that doesn't mean anything. You're putting them on a national primetime Saturday night game. Mm-hmm. That like means said, something to the playoffs. Where one team is fighting to get into the playoffs. And one team, the other team is going to try to get them out. You've got countless other games that you put them on on Sunday during the day when, when there's multiple games on that people aren't going to pay attention to because a game that means nothing with two teams that have no chance to make the playoffs. Right. Put them on that game. You just said that they're not going to work the playoffs because of what happened Saturday night. But then you go ahead and put them on a game where it's playoff implications. Exactly. So what are you doing? It makes no sense, does it? It's like you rewarded him and you put him on a good game. Put him on a game that means nothing. You don't want him anywhere near the national spotlight, do you? I don't understand what the NFL is doing here. They dropped the ball on this one. Makes no sense. Hopefully he doesn't screw up again. Uh, we'll see. But, God, uh, uh, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting game to watch. I know. <laughs> For sure. So we're going to be like, every time there's a flag thrown, we're going to be like, okay, what's this, Brad Allen? <laughs> it's usually Cleet Blakeman, isn't it? Yeah, he's usually the one that bothers us the most, but Brad Allen's taking his spot this year. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so now we want to get into what matters the most, the playoff picture, where it stands after week 17. NFC, we'll start with. So at number one, you got your Niners. Clinched, yep. Number two, you got your Cowboys. Because of that game. Because of the, because of that game, right. That would have been the Lions. Right. So that means a lot. That's a difference between the two and the three seed. That means if Dallas and Detroit finish where they both are, which they probably will, mm-hmm. and they go to the playoffs, Detroit will have to go to Dallas instead of Dallas having to go to Detroit. It means, some, it means a lot. That's huge. That's how big that call was on that game. And continuing on here, we got the Buccaneers still control the NFC South, even after the loss to uh, New Orleans. Yes, they, they win this weekend. They, they clinch the South. Wild card. Eagles 11-5, and Rams 9-7, and and the Packers 8-8. Eight and eight. This is where I want to start right here, the wild card. Yeah, those top five teams are all locked in. The Packers. They're in this situation again where they can be eliminated by a divisional opponent. And yeah. they're going to play the, well, now they're becoming dangerous, the Chicago Bears. 
And I think this game is going to mean a lot to the Bears because... Oh, definitely. It's going to mean a lot to a guy named Justin Fields. Absolutely. He's playing for... He's playing for his number one spot, for his QB1 spot in Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, hey, that's a, another big-time division rival. Chicago and Green Bay is probably the... I think that might be the longest rivalry going on in the NFL. And uh, Chicago is 5-2 and two in their last seven games. And Fields is playing pretty good now. Oh, yeah. Fields... I feel like Fields is feeling that chip on his shoulder, and he's dealing with it well. The And you can hear the Bears fans that were chanting in that game when they were up big against Atlanta saying, we want Fields. So it tells us a lot about how they feel, but this is, this is a big game for both sides. The Packers fighting for a playoff spot, and the Bears are fighting to figure out their future. I, I'm not positive, but I don't think they're eliminated yet. The Bears? It, something crazy would have to happen. I don't know if you can, if you got it there where it says they're eliminated or not. Let's check. Because I know of last week they weren't. The Bears are mathematically eliminated. They are now? Yes. Okay. Because when they were playing on Sunday, they weren't. So something else must have happened during the day uh, they got eliminated. Yeah. Maybe it was the Packer win that got eliminated. I'm I think that sure. might be it. Anyway. But, yeah, but either way, I mean, they weren't going to make the playoffs. Something crazy would have had to happen. But, anyway. But they'd love nothing better than knock Green Bay out of there. For Fields, that'd be the be- biggest part. That'd be the best part of his career so far. If he can finish out going 6-2 and two in his last eight games and knocking out the hated division rival from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're taking the Lions' spot this year. Will they be able to do it? That's another. Uh, that's a 4-30 prime t- uh, big spot game on CBS has that game, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's a big game. That's probably the biggest game of that slot there. Yeah, that um, is a big game for sure. I am looking. I'm really looking forward to that game, and the, I'm not. I, I'm not really looking forward to the Packers. Obviously, that's a huge part of the game. But they win. I'm, they're in. Right? I'm more. Win, I'm in. more focused on Justin Fields and how he plays this game. Oh, it's huge! It's huge for his career. Um, you know, I think he's coming back anyway, whether he wins this or not. But. It's still huge for his career because if, if they're not going to bring him back, it, it's just somebody else will bring him on, especially if he goes out and wins this game. Mm-hmm. But I would expect him to still be a Chicago Bear next year, but nothing better than to build off of this with a big win against Green Bay. And, yeah, it's a huge game for, for them. And Green Bay has got to win it. So it's just like last year, just like you said. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't this game in Lambeau? I'm not sure where it is. I think you're probably right. I think they played week one in Chicago. I think I'm correct on that one. Uh, so this game will be played in Lambeau Field, a very tough environment to play in for sure. Another great setting huh? in Lambeau Field. Uh, for the Packers' playoff hopes, for the Bears figuring out their future, it's going to be a good one. I'm really looking forward to that game. Awesome game, yeah. And do you think there's anything – I mean, the Rams clinched. The, everyone else here pretty much clinched besides the Bucs, so – I mean, the Packers is the big game. Packers and the and the Bucks haven't clinched. That's but, it. But if they both win, they're in, right? right? So, yeah. So those are two huge games for those guys. Now we move to the interesting part: the AFC playoff picture. Well, we got the Ravens at number one. They've clinched. Uh, Dolphins have clinched a playoff berth. Not the AFC East, though. The Chiefs clinched the AFC West. They lock into the number three seed. Yep. Jaguars are 9-7. and seven. They own the head-to-head tiebreaker of the Colts and Texans in the AFC South. So if they win, they win the division. Right. 
Browns are locked into a playoff picture. They're they're, they're the number five seed. They're locked at five. Yep. Bills ten and six will have to win the AFC. They'll win the AFC East if they win next week, but they'll be they're going to need the Jacksonville Jaguars to lose and the Steelers to lose if they want room to lose this game. Yeah, they they can get in with one of those teams losing. Yeah. And Colts right now are the seven seed, but the game between them and the Texans will decide who takes that. A huge game. Uh, I'm going with Texans in that game. C.J. Stroud over Colts. I think the Colt. I think Texans get into the playoffs as your number uh, seven or six. Number seven or six seed. I I'm taking Stroud and the Texans as well. It's hard to doubt against them this year, isn't it? They feel like they got a lot to prove. I mean, hats off to the Colts though. Richardson got hurt earlier in the year, and Minshew really stepped up. Yeah, they're not they're not supposed to be in this position. It's it's real well. Neither one of them were expected to be in this position at the beginning of the year, as far as that goes. But uh, I think I think when you look at rosters, I think the Texans are the better roster and by far the better quarterback. So yeah, for for uh, Colts to be there, that's great for them, uh, building block for them. But they have I, nothing to be ashamed of if they lose, really. No, not at all. Um, I just think C.J. Stroud. I just think he's too good. Right. I think it's. I think. I think they, they pull it off in the end in a do-or-die game for those teams. Well, so this is really all the scenarios that need that, that happen. That happens. So we'll do we'll go over the scenarios for that seven or six seed. It depends. Uh well, if the Jaguars lose, Steelers win, Bills lose, Steelers are in, Bills in, right? If both Jacksonville and Buffalo loses and Steelers win. Yeah, if both Jacksonville and Buffalo lose, then Buffalo and Pittsburgh are both in. And if the other way around, if if uh, Pittsburgh loses, then Jacksonville and Buffalo are in. Yep. And if all those teams win their games, the Steelers will be in the uh, the Steelers will be eliminated. Steelers are the one on the uh, yeah. They lose all the tiebreakers, so uh, you're going to have a bunch of teams probably end up at ten and seven, and Pittsburgh loses all the tiebreakers except for against Buffalo. But Buffalo have the better record. But if Buffalo wins, they'll have the better record. That's why if Buffalo loses and Pittsburgh wins, they'll both be 10-7. Mm-hmm. But Pittsburgh has a tiebreaker over Buffalo because of the conference record. Yep. But they lose the Steelers lose the tiebreakers with all those AFC South teams. That's why uh, if those teams win, they're in and not Pittsburgh. So but, a yeah, lot. lot. lot can happen. Hey, you could have a tie, too. Right. What if the Colt? I mean, you say it never happens, but it almost happened a couple years ago. So... If the Colts and, and Texans happen to tie and Pittsburgh wins, then Pittsburgh's in, and those teams are out. That would be such a shame. Wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be crazy. <laughs> the Texans and Colts, that that like you said, that's not the first time it, ha- it would happen. They all, The Steelers were almost on the bad end of a tie. They won against Baltimore, and they thought they for sure were in because – they the Sunday night game would decide who gets that last spot between the Raiders and Chargers. But the Raiders and Chargers tie that game. Both of them are in. Steelers out. And Brandon Staley it saved sh- us. It should have been a tie, actually. Brandon but... Staley called that timeout, and Derek Carr ended up being the last one to call a timeout to send Carlson out there for a winner. And, oh, boy, even though we lost, it was good to get Big Ben in there for his last run as a Steeler and the NFL quarterback. Yeah, that was great. That was, I thought for sure we had it in the bag. I'm like, there's no way these two teams are going to tie. And uh, sure enough, 12 o'clock at night, Sunday night game, watching this game, oh, my God, they're going to tie. <laughs> and But like you said, thanks to Brandon Staley, they didn't tie. Staley called the timeout, and Collinsworth was like, 
What's he doing? <laughs> All you have to do is tie to make it. What are you doing? <laughs> I guess we'll never know to this day. Yeah, but it was crazy. But that's what I mean. You never know. Crazy, never know. Th- crazy things happening in this league. So don't be shocked if you have just some crazy things going on Sunday. Who knows? The unexpected could happen. So the Steelers could know if they're in the playoffs on Saturday. Yeah, although it's unlikely. You never know. Mm-hmm. They could be in the playoffs with a tie with those two teams. Who knows? It's going to be a good Saturday and a good Sunday for sure. A way to finish up the season, huh? Well, Dad, coming from the Steelers and Seahawks game, Rudolph takes a snap as the wall is caving in, lets it go, and George Pickens does it again. Makes a great catch, and that is a first down. This is starting to become a regular thing with Rudolph and Pickens. What a great play from Pickens. That was a big uh, spot in that game. Well, Dad, coming from the Ravens and Dolphins game, Lamar Jackson on fourth and seven will snap this ball. Lamar throws. What a catch from Likely. Rolling down the sideline. Likely dives. Touchdown, Ravens. What a snag from the from the young tight end for the Ravens. Unbelievable play. Well, Dad, coming from the Cowboys and Lions, Dak escaping the pressure. He's looking, lets it go. C.D. Lamb's open. He's got it. Lamb will strut his way in for a 92-yard score. Wow, look at this play. Prescott should have been sacked for a safety. He gets out of there, gets away from him, and there's nobody downfield that can cover Lamb. And he's just gone. There's the throw, and there's the catch from Lamb, and it's 92 yards. Well, Dad, the opening kickoff from Bills and Patriots. Bass boots it away. Rager receives. Rager running. He's got space. Rager, he spins away from Bass, and he's off to the races. Jalen Rager will take the opening kickoff for six. What a play from Rager. How he got spinning away from the kicker. Awesome play. You just knew the Patriots were going to make it tough on the Bills. They seem to always do so, and there were some great blocks on this play, Dad. Look at that. That Those uh, linemen opened up that hole for him, and he was gone. You see the speed from Rager. And Bass couldn't catch him, of course. Six. For the- well, Dad, coming from the Steelers and Seahawks game, Rudolph, under center, will hand this one to Harris. He looks stuffed. And pushing the pile, Harris dives, touchdown Steelers! What a run from Harris. He looked like he was balled up and kept those legs going, carrying the whole Seahawks defense into the end zone. Big touchdown, breaks a 7-17 tie. Let's look at this, look at the blocks here. Harris just stuffed right there and keeps those legs moving. That's something he's really good at. The two tight ends pushing them into the end zone. And Fryermuth and Washington's been great at that. Well, Dad, coming from the Cardinals and Eagles, Murray Sweat has him. No, he doesn't. Murray throws to the end zone. One-handed catch for James Conner. Touchdown, Cardinals. What a play from Murray. Spins out of the sack and then throws a prayer over to Conner. One-hands it for the... Well, Dad, this is the end of today's podcast. But, as you know, we can't go away without our predictions. So, I want to know what you want to predict. I'm going to go with the championship game next Monday. Can't go anywhere else. Uh, I'm going to say this one is going to Michigan. Oh, we're in agreement on this one. I don't don't like them. I don't like them, but (laughs) I think they're going to win. 
Yeah, I got Michigan. I'm gonna I'm gonna say another you know 28-24 type game, and they pull it out at the end. I think that defense is gonna be uh, what Washington ends up uh, coming to a halt against, if you will. Big time defense there, and uh, big time players on Washington too. So interesting battle, but I think Michigan gets them in the end. I'm gonna say Bills and Miami. The Bills are gonna just absolutely devastate. The Miami Dolphins. It's gonna be 42 to seven, and the Bills win the division. Wow. <laughs> I hope you're. No, I don't know if that's realistic, but it sounds good. I hope I. Hope I, I hope you're wrong for us sake. I mean, good for you, but I hope you're wrong for the Steelers. But uh, yeah, I, that that could very well happen. Miami's got a lot of injuries, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's gonna be interesting this weekend. Well, everyone, that is now the end of today's podcast. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Preston, signing off with my father, Mike. Uh, just want to thank you guys again for 1,000 subscribers. It means so much to this podcast and us. Um, Absolutely. And, I mean, what else is there to say? I hope you all have a good weekend and week, and I and th- my dad are signing off. Hey, if you like what you see, you can subscribe down below. And you can listen to our podcast at any time. And also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at pmsporttalk at gmail.com. Also coming soon is a website. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.